What's wrong with Dr. Mike? <laughs> I hope you had a nice coffee break, you know. So session six, we'll be talking about advantages and disadvantages of transition from traditional database structure to blockchain database structure. Um, I think when the organizer came to me uh, with all these uh, questions, I was told that these were some of the questions that the ministry um, are looking at, right? Some of these questions. So I, I, I hope to answer as much as I can, you know, from, from a very easy to understand uh, manner again. And I think at the end of this session, I will have some time. You know, I will ask some questions and uh, hopefully you can give me a new answer uh, after what I've done in the last two days. Hopefully your answer will be different from the last one. Alright? Alright, session six, let's start. Traditional and uh, blockchain databases. So by now you would have really understood uh, what are the basics and so forth. But I'd love to give you a quick recap on how we should look at things. Yeah? Defining the traditional database architecture. Traditional databases are based on client-server architecture. Clients are end-users of the service. This request goes through a server that hosts the database. Open database connectivity is used to establish a communication line between the client and the database. All of you know this very well, 100%, right? This line is further secured by the client software that is authenticated up ahead for access. In private database, access is only granted to those who have a valid login and password. Again, these are all no rocket science, everyone of you are logging in every day to your your, your, your systems and so forth. Define uh, an example could be confidential health records of a hospital. If a database is public and open for all, then the user account is not needed and the data can be accessed from the website. In turn, this has played a huge role in uh, blockchain transforming the closed healthcare system. I'd like to show graphics you know, as of uh, the start of the whole uh, workshop and the whole consultancy uh, uh, sessions. You know, very straightforward server client relationship through the LAN and how to access the data are all very straightforward. Defining the blockchain architecture, blockchain comes from uh, comes of age and offer multiple architectural models such as permission, private, hybrid blockchain. Networks are the lifeline of a blockchain technology. They operate from a peer-to-peer -peer network. Each peer or node can respond with a second node. No superiority, no bias uh, between the two nodes. But yes, there will be a difference in the total computing resources they possess. Peers of the network ensure the velocity of the blockchain. So blockchain is also not something that is uh, always 100% cool and great and so forth. There, there are also attacks. Yeah? So for transactions, uh, there's, there's a 51% attack uh, would need to happen. 
Well, a lot of people up here don't have uh, con colluded and accept blocks with uh, 40, 45 data. So these are things that are real. You know, therefore, to be very honest, it is the, the decentralized administration uh, makes it a, a lot safer, a lot more secure, and earns extra points in the matchup lineup when you talk about uh, blockchain uh, database versus a distributed database. So these are clear facts. Again, not hiding anything from everyone. You know, blockchain is not 100% perfect. So defining the blockchain architecture, blockchain layer architecture. So again, there's a very clear uh, diagram. So you look at from it from uh, from from uh, from below. There, there are the hardware and infrastructure layer. This is something that everyone is again very very robust. You know, look at the virtual machines, the container, the services, and the messaging. You know, this is just like some example. Then the data layer will be the data structure. You have a digital uh, signature. There will be a hash. There is a metric tree. There are all the transaction records. Network layer, peer to peer. Very straightforward. This is a peer to peer network. Consensus layer. We talk about the different consensus mechanism. Right now, I think everybody will know that POWPOS are the more common ones. Right, um, and then you look at the application uh, and presentation layer, where you look at uh, uh, keywords, you know, like uh, smart contracts, chain codes, the DAG, and what you see from the user interface. Right, so th those are very straightforward again. But these are the very basic fundamental things that you've got to know. And then, to be very honest again, this is no different from how you build your current application as well. Managing traditional database. Um, database uh, supports CRUD operations. You can create, read, update, and delete records. Database management is centralized under the control of an administrator. We all know about this. This individual has the power to do almost anything, and they have the full responsibility to look at the performance, the database redundancy, the backup of the database, so forth and so on. With this whole process, there's a primary administrator. You can divide keys on a row uh, and the work between multiple users. As you can see from the straightforward diagram, there is uh, the database, there's a physical uh, scheme, there's a conceptual scheme, and then all the different end users will have all the different views. Can be view number one, can be view number two, line goes on. Database um, require backup storage as uh, anything goes wrong, data can be corrupted, servers could crash, data information could be lost. We all know about this, and I know the ministry will have a very good backup uh, system uh, software. So backing up also allow achieving multiple versions of the database. Just for you an example, consider uh, an address change, whereas you might contact relevant government body to update your data and issue you a new card, they will still say, uh, a copy of last address for record keeping. So if you look at it from a, from a blockchain perspective, how you manage the blockchain. Blockchain technology covers all these administration issues. Um, it's operated by nodes. Each node comes with a different set of data and when everything combined together, that's a, that's a blockchain. As a result, blockchain technology is proven to be immutable. Since records cannot be changed, this adds transparency to the whole architecture. They are also remarkably fault-tolerant, as even when a few nodes are down, the rest of the nodes will still have a 24-7 uptime. So again, um, looking at the whole diagram, 
uh, how many copies on the ledger, one copy, just go to the traditional database. Let's not waste time, alright? Because uh, that's why we're we creating so many databases. You know, like what Rajesh has men mentioned, although the chart seems to be a bit low old school, but I think the logic is still the same. Simply put it this way multiple copies, no, just one, just go with traditional database. Let's not uh, work on this. Who can see the ledger? Uh, group owner, maybe if we look at the permission, ledger, private uh, blockchain. Anyone can see who maintains the integrity of the ledger. If it's owner and validated users, look at permission, public shared uh, ledger. You know, things like have a ledger would be good. Uh, if it's any user, then maybe look at permission ledger, public shared uh, ledger. So these are all very straightforward mind map that you can have from an administrator standpoint, from a developer standpoint, it is very straightforward. You know, following such a step will not make you go wrong too far. Since again, there's no uh, single um, uh, permission needed to transact on this uh, blockchain makes it permissionless. Therefore, you can use the blockchain as a database but with the extra convenience of a few features. Reasons to use a traditional database, alright? In the blockchain versus um, uh, database debate, the latter wins hands down in terms of customized option. Traditional databases are done centrally. Uh, the architecture and backup practices pave way for database to be relocated anywhere, developers and plug-in to the database can improve the front end for customer centrality. Yeah. It is uh, stable. Right, traditional database can tolerate high volume, super high volume. Um, client server architecture reduces the dependency on nodes and are substituted by standalone server center. So you, you just deal with uh, one server and then maybe a few backup. Database administrator revert to sharding and shrinking to optimize the speed of the network. This is also very similar when we talk about things on the blockchain. Uh, in the event of a power outage, downtime, or any other technical issues resulting in data loss, the backup acts as a default option to reset to the last version. So all of us have gone through some of these uh, bad experiences, and it's very straightforward. Of course, it delivers a lot of speed because everything is centralized, right? So this is a good recap how, why you're using a centralized database. Where does the traditional database lacks, and how blockchain can solve that? Ethical issues. So the same centralized power that provides for the above advantages can also be disadvantaged, right? Critics of the system suggest moral uh, issues. With hand, handing over the data to the hands of a single administrator, there's an ongoing war to monetize every single data as possible. An open market for selling data to third-party vendors already, you know, they're already there. Um, there's a lot of different scatter, you know, how Facebook sells the data we want over there. Yeah. Contingency is considering the single <coughs> administrator on top of everyone else. What happened in this individual? Switch to another employer. Knowledge transfer takes their jolly good time, not to mention the confidentiality agreement, resetting a password and appointing new administrator 
in the past of itself. This recruitment is a huge pain in the neck for a lot of stakeholders. There will be IT issues as well. You know, database needs some form of, uh, 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 in another. The, the fact that the company stores the information in a database does not signify that the database is safe. So hence, I think blockchain is something that we could really, really look at. The reasons why we use the blockchain technology. It is fault tolerant, all right? We often debate, again, on, uh, on several things, but I think I want to highlight that if the several nodes are not functioning, the rest of the nodes are still running, things are still going to run 24-7. You know, I'll give you another very good example that uh, some of you would have uh, known, you know about FTX, for example. Right? FTX is a centralized cryptocurrency exchange. They are down, they are screwed, you know, but things on, things on their ecosystem are still running. For example, like Solana, it's also a blockchain of, uh, on its own. Even the parent company is gone, they are still operating fine. All right, so this is some of these good examples of how things can still continue to run, you know, even when you are gone. You know. It is a lot more secure. Um, blockchain technology is one of the most secure infrastructure investment you can make today. Uh, especially when it comes to securing mobile apps using blockchain technology. Each node of the network is supposed to download a copy of the blockchain for validating new blocks. To change every single uh, block by blockchain provider requires each node to update its copy. Uh, and again, these are all very good big advantages of how things can be a lot more immutable when you look at blockchain as a whole. Offer transparency, you know, provided the blockchain is uh, public, you can view all kinds of transactions. But in our, in our case, of course, we are not going to put up all the kind of details that you want, you know, onto the chain. Select those that you felt that is correct, is okay to be shown. You know, in the case of Singapore as well, for, for the ACRA uh, information, this uh, ACRA is uh, like, a, you know, they collect all the company details and so forth. Some of these details can actually be bought online, right? It's just you pay $5 and then you can buy it and verify who are the owner, you know, but of course you cannot know uh, in-depth details, right? They only give you the surface information, who, who are the director, what kind of payout capital they have. I think those kind of public information, I think it's okay, you know? So you select the kind of information you want to share. You select the kind of information you think that it should be on, on the chain. It reduces cost. Um, this one can be a bit subjective, um, but I think it creates efficiency uh, in uh, processing transactions. It reduces manual tasks, aggregating uh, the data, uh, reporting, and so forth. I think if you see it from that standpoint, I think the cost can be greatly reduced. Like I mentioned, there are smart contracts uh, that you can work on top of um, of the uh, on the on the application uh, layer that can really help to automate a lot of the different processes that you are currently doing and might not attain that kind of um, excellence in terms of productivity. So if you can look at this from that point of view, I think it can help to eliminate a lot of costs and also eliminating a lot of the middleman that gets involved in, in, in the process of uh, collecting data. Challenges that you may face during this transition. I think, I think there are quite a fair bit of transition. You know, one is uh, how the mindset is going to be like. 
know, it's not so straightforward as you know, I'm going to change it today, I, I can do it. You know, there's a lot of planning. As you can see from my previous slide, you know, the planning goes to the extent on, uh, you know, creating a certain governance, uh, uh, consensus, mechanism, you know, who is going to be taking care of what, to what extent, the kind of permission you'll be given, you know, on the blockchain, because the, if you set the wrong kind of permission, for example, then a lot of things can be disclosed. So you need to have a certain mechanism to make sure that person A, person B, they check each other, person C, agree, and this form a certain level of consensus within your private blockchain, for example. So, compatibility with, uh, with your existing system, uh, integrating a blockchain database with legacy system can be complex if you do not really think it through very well. Existing database and application may not be designed to interact with the blockchain technology, um, so you need to do a bit of uh, modification. All right, there are, uh, there are tools available that helps you to go through this whole trans transition, but of course, please uh, make sure that you check through make sure that it's going to work, yeah? Data migration, you know, transferring from a database, a traditional database to a blockchain database can be time consuming and error prone. During the accuracy and the integrity of the transfer data is crucial to avoid inconsistency or any form of data loss. So you need to find some a good time, you know, to, 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 to stop your, your traditional uh, database, you know, from which point onwards you're going to port everything over the blockchain, you know. So all these things must be taught carefully and this will help you with the whole migration process. Scalability issues, you know, blockchain database have a lower um, transaction processing speed compared to traditional database. So if you have seven terabytes of data, please do not put seven terabytes of it on, on the chain because it's not going to make too much sense. So organizations with high transaction volume may experience performance issues and latency when you migrate into a blockchain uh, database or a blockchain solution. So please think properly which part of your, your organization would need transparency, would need a certain level of consensus, a certain level of integrity. Alright? Not all data should be on. Yeah. Security, well, uh, blockchain technology provides these um, security benefits. Um, it is not entirely immune to well, any vulnerabilities because uh, a lot of times, as you can see on on, on the mainstream uh, paper, for example, you can see some smart contract bugs. You know, some projects got hacked, 50, 50 million, 100 mil, just gone. You know, within seconds. So all these things are also a bug. So I would suggest that you find a third party operator to do your audit, you know, to make sure that you are good, make sure that there are no big vulnerabilities within the smart contract itself. Regulatory compliance, you know, the adoption of blockchain database can rise legal and regulatory concerns. Organization must ensure compliance with data protection, law, privacy, regulation, specific uh, industry requirements when handling all this uh, personal information on the blockchain. You just imagine if you didn't set the, your, your, your rights correctly, you know, you never understand what kind of data you want to be kind of public. You know, you share everything 
once you share this on the database, it creates multiple copies, and trust me, all your data will not be private anymore. So these are some of the things that you really need to think through. You know, really need to sit down and make sure that you have a proper com committee to commit, you know, into doing this. There's also a skills, uh, a gap, you know, implementing and uh, maintaining the database uh, requires specialized skills and expertise. Like I mentioned in my previous um, uh, this uh, session, although it sounds very really easy, some of the programming languages are not rocket science, you would have to really uh, be a big expert of it. But you still need a bit of knowledge to make sure that you secure the blockchain infrastructure in a, in a more effective manner. Yeah? Governance and uh, consensus mechanism. Blockchain networks often operate on the consensus mechanisms that require participants from multiple nodes. Establishing governance protocol and reaching consensus among your participants can be complex and time consuming, especially the decentralized uh, public uh, blockchain. But for, 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 for the context of what we are talking about right now within the government sector, I think it's very straightforward, right? Let's give you a call or it could be someone at the next block, you just run to them and uh, you, know, you just talk things out, it should be very straightforward. But all these things got to be taught very carefully. Cost consideration, you know, while blockchain technology offers advantages in transparency and trust, factors such as infrastructure setup, transaction fees, ongoing maintenance, expenses should be carefully evaluated. Yeah. So, that again, I want to be real honest about it. You know, these costs um, uh, versus the expected benefits, you've got to really um, look, look through. You know, if you know how to manage it, actually, the whole cost can be fairly low. So, please have the right framework. So, this is again a very easy, straightforward kind of um, uh, this uh, paper. You also use use of a traditional database, I think for confidential records, I think that is uh, really cool, you know, uh, relational data, convention, storage system, data that would be frequently modified, I think this should be part of the traditional database. I think blockchain would be more effective if we look at things like the financial transfer, uh, real-time data exchange, identifying and authenticating records, uh, decentralized uh, application as well. So these are things that are more suited, but this is not like the only kind. You know, this is my personal choice from, for, uh, I think for certain uh, public sector uh, records, I think blockchain is still fairly reasonable uh, and fairly efficient. So to mitigate these risks uh, and address legacy issues, organizations should conduct Power uh, uh, feasibility study, engage with blockchain expert, and develop a well-defined uh, migration process. Comprehensive uh, planning, risk assessment, and robust testing are essential to ensure a successful transition from the traditional database to a blockchain database. This is very important, and I always want to end up with a, with, with a very good uh, piece of advice as well, right? So. If, if, you, if you have really identified a certain use case that you want to push this through, you know, um, I still want to emphasize on that point again. You know, look at some of your peers or some of the other intergovernmental agencies. You know, they will have very good case studies 
to share with all of you. You know, please do not think what you have done is going to be you are the first and only one. You know, in fact, if you take reference from some of your peers, you can actually further your journey a lot faster. Right? Blockchain is not everything. You know, not everything needs to be uh, on the on, on chain, but the trend of blockchain will still continue. And hopefully after one or two more years when things are more mature, we will not talk about blockchain anymore because blockchain will then be embedded into part of our uh, whole system, you know. And, and that I think will be the, one of the biggest success that we will see, you know, when we talk about, you know, blockchain, we talk about tokenized asset, we talk about yesterday the Sweden example on how real estate can be tokenized, you know. Many different governments are already using the technology to enhance, you know, what they are doing right now. You know, not and then and then you you might think that okay, government is okay, you know, but very big brands, you know, are also embarking on the blockchain track, right? They may be using NFTs, for example. How many of you heard about NFTs, right? NFTs, uh, big brands are doing it, you know. I managed the account from uh, Red Bull Racing, you know, uh, F1 Red Bull. Uh, they, they, they look at Web3 NFT as a way to create stickiness, you know, with their current uh, fan base, right? There's no stopping of you as a government, ministry, NPO to use NFTs, for example, as a royalty pass, as a reward pass, you know, these are small baby ways for people to understand what blockchain can bring to them. You know, these are small baby ways, you know, for big brands to to interact with their consumer in a slightly different manner. You know, same for government, same for government organizations. You know, there's always a good point where we can, you know, use the technology. You know, so I, I think I still have um, quite a fair bit of time, you know. Um, I love to have a bit more interaction, just like yesterday, before we end our day. Um, yesterday I asked about a question, you know, and then all of you worked in uh, various groups, um, how you see your own department, you know, or your own work, you know, using blockchain database. You know, we did an exercise yesterday. I, ju I just want to, I just want to ask, Right now, would you have a slightly better vision on how you would do it? Since this is the second day, do you have some thoughts that you want to share as a fellow participant? I really hope to hear that from some of you. Can I have the mic, please? Don't worry. I, I, I don't want to do any uh, no live discussion like uh, my fellow friend uh, did about Zoom. You know, um, I don't understand most of the things that was mentioned. So I, I, I just want it to be a very straightforward sharing session. You know, tell me what kind of application or what kind of usage you think would be good for your department or on the national level. Of on the ministry level, you know, tell me more about it. You know, 
I'm going to come by 